part that drives everyone crazy is that no one's checking email. No one's, you know, I'm not checking email. I'm not doing all the stuff that other people do when they're on vacation. <laughs> right. Right. It drives them crazy. It's like, <laughs> how can we run a business if we don't check email for a month? Right. How, how about trying to figure it out? I mean, we've already figured it out. So how about trying to figure it out yourself? You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. This is the show where you get to go deep with the actual business owners to find out what are they doing to make it all work. Uh, really excited about my guest today, Sean D'Souza. Sean has been around, uh, at least in the online, since about 1999. Um, he's written many books that are highly regarded by all the gurus in our industry um, you can see over 800 glowing reviews of his book, The Brain Audit, on Amazon, including uh, from people like my friend David Garfinkel and other uh, very respected marketers. Um, uh, Sean, um, your main site, of course, I want to let everybody know right up front, is psychotactics.com. That's where they can dive into your stuff. There's just reams and reams and reams of amazing free content. Also, I want to mention your podcast uh, called The Three-Month Vacation which is always a fantastic listen. So thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Glad to be on. Thanks, man. And listen, I don't ever um, criticize or give out free advice to my guests on the show, but I do have a concern about you and your business. And that, <laughs> <laughs> and that is that, look, man, it's um, 2016 and uh, you're doing okay but you're not grinding, man. You're not. You're not on social twenty four seven. You're not. You're not hitting it. You're not everywhere at one time. You know. Uh, you're. You're not pushing into the into the red line like daily. And I'm really concerned at this pace that you may not ever own an NFL franchise. I'm so glad. <laughs> you're. <laughs> I, I am so glad. Um. um it's a. Uh, it's a different ideal. It's uh, we we set out to do completely different stuff from most people, and most people set out to probably they start off wanting to make money just to pay the bills, mm. and then somewhere along the line, they set out to make money as if it were paper, mm. and in the process they forget why they started, and the reason why they started was to make their lives better primarily because we all do that. We, we don't start out trying to make other people's lives better. Interesting. Yeah. That's just that's just a byproduct of what we do. So at the start, if we just get paid, we're good. Mm -hmm. But then when we get paid, we want some kind of purpose from that payment. And so then we want to make clients' lives better. And somewhere along the, some, somewhere along the line, people forget that. They forget that to make someone else's lives better or to make someone else's lives better or some what am i saying to make to make your client's life better mm -hmm. you have to 
go back and reanalyze the stuff that you've done. Mm. And for this, it's going to take time. And you, you've got, you know, you, you can either make a lot of money or you can make, um, I mean, you, you can make, a, so to put it this way, we travel three months in a year. We stay at the best hotels. Uh, we um, take weekends off. We, I go to, I take a nap in the afternoon. What I'm doing is what people want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and um, is it making enough money? We've made the same amount of money since 2007. So we say, this is how much we want to make. This allows, so, so one third of our money goes to the government uh, as tax. One, one third of it is what we need to travel, to eat, to sleep, to live, to go out to dinner twice, thrice a week. Uh, and one third is, is put away in savings. Hmm. And to put even $20 more than that in the bank account is completely pointless. So what am I going to do with the time? And that's what I do with the time. You improve the product. Hmm. Fantastic. So when you say, you know, you're taking um, three month vacations, are you literally not doing anything? Or is that the time that allows you to constantly improve your products? I mean, this is the bizarre part, right? I mean, first of all, we don't take three months together. We take, we, we work for three months, then we take a month off. Okay. And the, the, the part that drives everyone crazy is that no one's checking email no one's you know i'm not checking email i'm not doing all the stuff that other people do when they're on vacation right right it drives them crazy it's like <laughs> how can we run a business if we don't check email for a month right. how how about trying to figure it out i mean we've already figured it out so how about trying to figure it out yourself right, right? Or, or asking us how we do it because we have a membership site. Now, I'm in the membership site 20 times a day answering questions. But when we're on vacation, if I go to the membership site, they throw me out. Wow. Right? You, uh, if yeah, the podcast. You, sorry. I was saying because you're not, you're not keeping the promise, right? That's, exactly. That's, that's the appeal. Yeah. See, the point is that there are lots of marketers that are saying, you know, you have to push it and shove it and do all this. You know, you have to. There, there are there are people out there that are sending out messages saying that if you think of uh, weekends and if you think of vacations, then your shit is broken. This is their term, right, not right. mine. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't use this language. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? It's it's. Why did you start up in business so that you could work? constantly just drive yourself crazy no generation has worked like this mm. like when you when you go back to your, your parents generation or uh, maybe a little back to their grandparents generation it didn't matter how rich or poor they were they always went on vacation they always you know they went back to the village they went back to the wherever and they spent time to regenerate mm-hmm. yeah, and and it doesn't happen anymore it's just it's mm. just totally bizarre it's like to what purpose? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're out there as a beacon of an alternative because sometimes we have to look up and see that it is a choice. It feels like it's not a choice. I think right. because, because sorry, because when when you think about it, what does I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't earn enough. I'm saying you should earn enough. But mm-hmm. the point is that what is enough? Do do you actually have a benchmark or is it just double your income, double your customers? Right, you know, right. Wh- what is the benchmark? Yeah, you know what I look at, Sean, sometimes is I think, am I being, let me just audit how much of my day am I spending being proactive compared to reactive? Because any any entrepreneur 
who's running a business and earning an income could open their laptop at 6 a.m. and not close it until 6 p.m. and still feel unfinished. Correct. And until you consciously make an effort to say, I'm not doing that anymore, it'll just keep happening. Yeah, and this is what they say. You know, this is when I used to go to uh, to the doctors when I was a kid. I remember this sign that says "Cancer cures smoking." Oh, wow! Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's the the moment the moment you go to the doctor and and, and the person says uh, the doctor says, "Okay, this is all up. Your blood sugar's up. Your stress is up. Your it, it cures it cures the problem." Yeah, mm-hmm. but but why get to that point? Right, right. Great, love it. You come from a family of teachers. Um, That's right. Is, is teaching, it's in your blood, in your DNA, uh, but at what point in your life did you realize this was something you felt passionate about? Um, I started consulting when I, so I used to be a cartoonist, and you know that was a much easier job than marketing. And then when I moved to New Zealand in 2000, I read a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins, and it said, what can you be the best in the world at? And I decided at that point in time that I wanted to do marketing. I don't know why. I could have been a cartoonist, but I continue. Uh, that, that's what I decided. Um, so I got some consulting jobs, and they were paying me like, I don't know, $5,000 a month. You know, there were two, three jobs. And so that's like 15000 a month. But they would not implement anything. Mm. So they would just dole out the check to me. And to a lot of people, that sounds absolutely perfect. You go in there, you do your consulting gig, you get your 15000 What What else could you want from life? To me, it made no sense. I wanted to see that being put into, I, I wanted to get a purpose out of what I was doing. And when they weren't doing that, I mean, just giving me money, I, I quit those jobs. I told them that, you know, unless they've actually implemented, we had to part ways. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started looking at small business. And the, the reason why I started working in small business is just that, is that they have no choice but to implement. I mean, they either implement or they die or they go back to a job. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And there's a direct correlation between your fee and their willingness to implement. Have you found that? <laughs> yes, in especially in big companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in big companies. In smaller businesses, like, you know, we'll, we'll charge people, say, for when they do an article writing course, they're paying $3,000. It's not like it's cheap. Mm-hmm. But all of them, I mean, my, my goal is not to give you information. Right. My goal is to give you a skill. When you walk through the door, I want to define the superpower that you're going to have when you leave that door. So I'm not saying that you're going to be able to fly, you know, have x-ray vision, everything. No, I'm going to, you're going to have one superpower. So for instance, when you join an article, the article writing course, the superpower is speed. You are not going to spend one day, six hours, 10 hours. In two hours, you're going to write an article that is going to tick all the boxes. It's going to be really good, but it's going to be in two hours or less. Hmm. And that's the superpower. And and when they leave, everyone has a superpower. This is not just, okay, here's a book, here's all the information, here's how you, you know, here's all the stuff you need to know about writing articles. No. Right. Yeah. What's the point? Absolutely. And so how do you go about that, Sean, as a, as a passionate teacher? What have you found makes the difference between allowing somebody to just collect more data and immerse in it and put it to use? 
Okay, so I have an equation, and seriously, this sounds really bizarre and pompous, but I was I was watching something about Albert Einstein's E equals to MC square, right? And I went to bed. We were away from uh, from Auckland. We gone with some friends somewhere, and that night I was speaking to someone, and I said, you know, this should be an equation. Talent should be an equation, and what I figured. Um, was that all? Everyone talks about how you need to practice, how you you know you the, the, how you need to have a skill and you need to practice. And I found that skill and practice was only one third of the whole equation. And that so so then I had to sit down and analyze why do people not get a skill? Why why is it that only some people are skilled and not only some people are skilled, but the people who are skilled are skilled at you know writing, singing, dancing, drawing. They're they're skilled at five six things. Mm-hmm. It's it's as if there was a lottery, and you know one batch of people got everything mm-hmm. and the rest of are just suckers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't work that way. So so why is it? And what I found that was the most critical starting point was energy. So when we took when we took the article writing course, the, it's called the toughest writing course in the world because you have to write every every day. You have an assignment for like three months. This is on top of running a business. Mm. So, so why do people not complete the course? And, and the first thing I found was energy. I found that if you spent, uh, say, uh, 90 minutes writing an article, um, then next day you had the energy to write another article. But if you spend 90 minutes writing an article and then another 90 minutes editing the article, or let's say you spend 180 minutes in all, which is three hours, you would be so exhausted that you would fail the next day, for sure. Yeah. So, so, so I had to sit down and work out what causes energy depletion. And it's not just the editing, it's, it's you know, uh, the, the, the personal doubts, the self-doubt, the, there are various factors. So the first part of that whole skill factor was energy. The second part was the skill itself. Now, as a teacher, you, you, have, to, you have to have a system that enables people to go through a kind of roller coaster where it's easy, medium, difficult, easy again, and again, you know, that uh, when you have a skill, you ha- whenever you're a teacher, you have to have the teacher, the system, and the group. And I found that if, as a teacher, you just have a system and you don't have the group, then a lot of things fall apart. So in this whole equation, it was energy, it was the skill, and then the third part, which was even more critical, was confidence. And most people never talk about this. Mm-hmm. So. It's like learning Spanish, right? So maybe you you have the energy to learn the language. Maybe you learn the language. And then you go to Spain or you go to South America. And then they say, Pablo Espanol. And you say, well, I'm just learning. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? You, you know the vocabulary. You know what you have to say. What happened? Yeah. And that's the confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's my, that's my journey. Interesting. Wow. That's great stuff. So energy, the skill itself, and then confidence. And uh, so just to drill on this one more minute, because this is really fascinating to me. Uh, what kind of things do you do? Like, Where does the confidence come in? Because I get energy, momentum, right? The skill itself. But it almost feels like confidence, if they don't get that in the beginning, uh, it's going to make getting momentum difficult. So where do you inject the confidence into that equation? 
So confidence is just knowing that you can complete something, you can do something uh, well. Um, now, let me give you – the thing is that what I do is I take it in the context of what I'm working on So with the article writing course. So mm-hmm. let's give you an example. Okay. Last week, I was giving them 90 minutes to finish their article. And what they would do is they would finish the 90% of the article and I, I give them a timer. When the timer goes off, you have to stop. So say about 70% of them would get to the timer on, get to the timer and finish their article. But 30% of them weren't finishing the article. So now it's affecting your confidence because you get there and your timer goes off and you haven't finished it based on the assignment. And now with two or three weeks to go, I say – you've got 120 minutes to finish the article. Now, what happened there? They're still writing the same article, but the timer goes off after they finished the article. Hmm. And now they're going, wait, I finished before before two hours. Wow, this is amazing, (laughs) right? It is just a, a, a magic trick. It's a subtle trick. But that's it. That's what confidence is. You're feeling confident right now. Someone comes up to you, says something, your whole system goes down, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not like you've changed in any way. It's not like you've you become stupid two <laughs> seconds later, right. right? It's a very subtle thing. Mm-hmm. But once you're able to do that, people go, "Wow, I, I'm I'm good at this," and and that feeds itself. But then there will be other techniques that I'll use as well to help them feed. So so the other thing that I do is, I. Uh, uh, right through the course, I will give them critiques. But then in the last two or three weeks, I pair them up. So it's John goes with you know Marina. And then they're now critiquing each other's stuff. So now they get, oh, I, I, I'm good enough to critique this other person's stuff. And they're taking my critique and fixing it. That's confidence again. You're right. Mm-hmm. Great. So there are these very subtle bits of confidence that I don't mention, but it's all part of the assignment. Fantastic. Um, what is the value of content in today's online world? To be able to write an article in two hours that you know uh, is going to have an impact is, you know, everybody's so into the, you know, the quick text, the tweet, the Facebook update. Why put in that kind of effort? Because it makes you the expert. So what's happening today is you've got people who say 20 ways to write a headline, right? Mm-hmm. And what you have, that's not clickbait, but it's equivalent to clickbait. Mm-hmm. Because what you do is, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know if you've ever bought a men's health. Yep, sure. But you buy, you buy the men's health because you get these six-pack abs or whatever stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have those six-pack abs. Right. Right. Most of us. So so that's the equivalent. And what it does is it tracks you, but then it doesn't convert you. It doesn't get you to consume. And what happens with a well-written article is you get consumed by it. You you read it. And when the writer crafts it in a way that takes you deep into that article, now you think, man, this has given me a superpower. And, and that's what I train them to do. I go, when, when they start the article, they should not be able to write a headline in this one way. When they finish it, they should be able to write the headline in this one way. Not 17 ways to write a headline, one way. 
Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, I can do this. And now it's a drug. That's really interesting because I don't know if you've ever seen um, Buzz Sumo, but Bu- Buzz Sumo is a tool that allows you to um, search uh, sites and see what their most shared content is. And whenever I use that tool, the thing I see over and over with the most shared content is exactly those kind of clickbait headlines. Of course. And it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just sort of, sort of like brings to the surface that most of what is consumed is not implemented. Uh, and it, 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 you know, I would love to see the, the readability stats or the, the finish rates <laughs> on those there, no, there Okay, so here's the point. How do you know that it's working? Right. Okay, how do you know that this method is better than that method? And that is that we, just like you said, you know, we're not on any Facebook sites and Twitter, and we're we're not doing joint ventures, and we're not doing affiliates and stuff. How are we in business? How are we doing these three month vacations? How are we how are we earning anything doing nothing? And that is because we don't have to do anything. Once a client gets this drug, they come back, you know, a client, a client is just finishing the article writing course. He said, when the copywriting course is available, I'd like to do it. There is no notification of the copywriting course. Mm. In 2016, in 2017, it might be done in 2018. He wants to do it now, right? Uh, we have a workshop in, in uh, New Zealand, in Queenstown. Um, it consists of six lines, uh, the, the sales page, and only one line tells you what the workshop is about. It's about how to fix your, your website, your web page. And the rest of it, the rest of the six lines is where it is, how much it's going to cost, the dates, and the fact that you get to meet my wife, Renuka, as a bonus. <laughs> right? And, and, and people are flying mm. from the United States, from the UK, and... That, that's it. They're, they're, so we've already got 10 people. We've not even done any promotion. How do you know it works is because customers come back when you, you there is no pushing and shoving. There is just like, uh, there is this little announcement and they go sign me up and, and they don't want to read any sales page. Yeah. Mm. That's because they're, yeah, you've won them over with quality and results. And They have a superpower. To yeah. me, uh, to me, if you want to define your business, you need to define it with one thing. When the customer walks to the door, they look, they're looking for a loaf of bread. When they eat their bread, they go, wow, that's the best bread I've ever eaten. They're going to come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. That's right. Fantastic. Great stuff, Sean. Hey, listen, I was at um, Ryan Levesque's intensive workshop for his Ask methodology over the weekend. And it was you know, really fantastic content. Uh, and he brought up your name. And, um, you know, you have a lot of fans out there, as, as I know you know. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised. My wife keeps telling me, you know, you're better known than you think you are, but I'm always very surprised. Yeah, no, you are. Uh, your name comes up a lot, in fact. Um, and he brought up something that you teach that I'd love to hear more about, and uh, it's called the third conversion. Could you talk about that Um yeah, sure. So th- what's the third conversion? So first of all, we have to understand the three concepts of marketing or, or sales or anything that when you're involving you know, sales, whatever. So 
when you look at Amazon or when you look at a bookstore, you get two 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 of those three things. And the first thing is attraction. So you'll get lots of books on attraction, lots of courses on attraction. You'll get lots of stuff on conversion. And the third part is consumption. So attraction is like going down the road and you're hungry and you see the sign and it says, uh, great, um, I don't know, pasta, whatever. And then conversion is obviously when you go and you well, you pay for the pasta or you order it. But what is consumption? And you know that part too. That's when you eat the pasta. Mm. When you eat the pasta, you have consumed it. And the skill of the creator is to get you to eat everything on that plate. And that's the first time you consume it. So when you do that, you're more likely to come back the next time to then eat the same pasta. And then by the time you do that the third time, not only are you going back to the same restaurant, but now in your brain at least you have a seat. You, you have a seat, you have pro possibly a, a favorite waitress, and that is what I call the third conversion. The third conversion is, uh, or is really when you're going through this one, two, three times. And what it tells you is, first of all, the pasta was great. Secondly, I ate all the pasta. Third, I'm starting to own this place. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of Hotel California feeling, which, is, which embodies that line. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. Mm. That's great. And, yeah. And, and that's, that's it. So, so what causes that third conversion is the fact that they ate, they consumed the first time, they consumed the second time, they consumed the third time, and they will come back to consume many times. But what we find is that by the time they come back to the third point, so on, on Psychotactics, we have, they subscribed in the newsletter. So that's one conversion. Then they buy the brain audit. That's the second conversion. The third thing is the membership at 5000 BC. By the time they get to 5000 BC, we can sell anything to anyone because they're completely convinced and, and then we don't have to do any pushing or pulling or doing any of that sort. So, but it all depends on how you work on consumption. And if you want, I can go into that. I really would love to hear it because okay. yeah, I'm fascinated at how we do this uh, in an online exchange because it's a lot less personal you know, the sights and smells, right? So many of the senses aren't there like it would be at the at the Italian restaurant. Right. So consumption is based on what I call, there are three, three stages, if you want to call it. And they're all with the letter I. So the first part is intimidation. The second part is um, isolation. And the third part is implementation. So the reason why people don't get to coming back to kind of eating the pasta is because they don't go through these three stages. Uh, let me give you an example of, say, uh, the iPhone. Now, yes, everyone you know, either loves it or hates it, but here's the concept. The intimidation of a Motorola, I, I, I don't know if you owned either a Nokia or a Motorola, but I used to own a Motorola a long time ago, and just to get anything done, I had to press all, press all these buttons. Hmm. And so there was this factor of intimidation. And then the iPhone came along and they looked at what intimidates people and all the buttons. And so what they did was isolate it down to one thing. You can take an iPhone anywhere and give it to anyone. And what do they do? They press the one little circle at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done with that, you have to flip one little thing. 
and that is the point. What you're doing is you're you're looking at an intimidation. What is the intimidation factor? What is the isolation factor? And when you go through that, go through those steps, you get to implementation. We, it, people don't people don't you people don't walk away from stuff because they want to walk away from stuff they want they don't they don't get to the end of the book because they're intimidated because you have constructed the book in such a way you've constructed the course in such a way that they don't get to the end of it mm. yeah and yeah that's great you know uh, this is a topic close to my mind and heart uh, as a community owner myself, right? It's always an ongoing challenge to um, bring people into the process and, and get them immersed. And I find, um, in, in, in even with myself with not finishing books sometimes, uh, it's just distraction. It's, you know, the next thing comes along, I'm halfway through one book, something catches my interest, I make the mistake of opening that other book, and next thing I know I look up and it's been six months and I never finished the, the first book. Um, any any thoughts on that and, and how we can combat that? Yes. Um, now, now that's that's a problem that is bigger than all of us mm -hmm. uh, in a way because it's not like dealing with a pasta. It's not like, you know, a, when you look at a buffet or a buffet, um, that's the, pr the kind of problem you're dealing with where you've got too much to eat and yeah. you eat like an you eat like an idiot yeah. <laughs> you know there's a there's a there's a buffet restaurant here in the states where uh it's the most disgusting food you can imagine right and of course it's yeah. all you can eat it's super cheap and then recently apparently i don't know how well they they studied their 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 patrons but it's uh, what they came up with is their new hook is now you get a to-go box at the end of that sean so if you weren't feeling uh, near death enough from all the empty calories you just consumed, get yourself a bucket of the stuff to take home with you. Now, see, I think that's actually, that's a better system because what would happen is that people would then eat sensibly and they would stuff the to-go box mm. with it. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that's not what's happening in, in, this, okay. <laughs> in, in at the Golden Corral, but uh, I, I like I like your thinking on it. I think in a in a more yeah in a more restrained. I think society, they would have to work. market that concept, you know, like yeah. eat sensibly. But the, the the problem with stuff is that there is too much, and what you have to do is you then have to put people into a section, and what we do is. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that you use the word corral, but that's exactly what we do. So, for instance, when people are doing the article writing course, they're only focused on the article writing course because I don't give them enough time to do anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, when they join 5000 BC, we take them to a specific part, which is the taking action forum. And then we focus on them getting that action done. So it becomes very difficult for people to then go, okay, let me find this other thing. It's not like they won't do it. They'll do it. But... Mm -hmm. You're making it by enabling them to consume what they're buying. You're making it much harder for them to go elsewhere. Mm. And and one of the main things is this whole factor of isolation. If you take something and you isolate it, you you take a small thing. Like when you go to the Psychotactics website, you know there's a lot I can teach you about headlines. But instead, there's a little booklet, um, which is why headlines fail. And in 10 pages, it shows you why headlines fail and then how you can fix it. Now, what happens at the end of it is people go, wow, I have a superpower. And 
they're not distracted buy something else, some other website. They want to find out what other superpower can I get from this site. So what you're really doing is if you go from superpower to superpower to superpower, now what's happening is that people will get more engaged with your content rather than other content. Will they get distracted? Of course they'll get distracted. It's, it's, it's the human, it's human behavior to get distracted with a million things. You know, right. It's just, it's not something you can control but there are systems. Mm -hmm. You can you at can. least make sure that they don't immediately experience overwhelm. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Isolation. And then the third eye is implementation, which I guess is states the obvious of, you know, taking the action, becoming immersed. And, and, you know, once they're in it, then they're m much more likely to stay committed to it. Yeah. So implementation goes into that whole discussion that we talked about earlier, which is, the energy, the skill, the confidence. Right. So that's a whole topic all by right. itself. Yeah. And, yeah. That'll be part six of our series with Sean D'Souza. So please stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is, uh, wow, just scratching the surface. And, uh, so, so this is, this is what I have to do because you know, if, if you, if I had to do all that marketing that you wanted me to do, and if I had to, <laughs> I mean, a lot of yeah. clients come to me and say, you know, I found your book after being on, you know, reading all this stuff for the last 20 years. Where were you 20 years ago? You were around. Why didn't you promote yourself more aggressively? Something has to give, you know. Either I think of this kind of stuff or I go and make 20 times more money. And what am I going to do with the money? Right, right. Awesome. Hey, it's Kev here. We're about to get to the essential question of the show. But first, if you'd like to go deeper into all the marketing strategies that the top pros are using to really move the needle on their sales, then I invite you to come join us on the inside of Copy Chief. Go to copychief.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N, and uh, see a special offer for uh, you to come check it out. And what you'll do in there is you could uh, enjoy one of the trainings. We've got 12 different trainings on how to improve your copy. Uh, we also have uh, an invitation to you to post up your copy and get reviews, friendly, happy, helpful reviews from all the cool copywriting pros hanging out in Copy Chief. So it's a great community. You really love it. Tons of valuable information. We want to help you sell better. Come join us at copychief.com forward slash join. Great stuff. Sean, there's a um, essential question on this show um, that I hope uh, I alerted you to. And if not, I'm sure you're going to have a, a great answer anyway. But I'm going to ask it to you now. And that is, Sean D'Souza, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that has produced the most surprising results? Here's what we did. Um, people came to our website and they would read an article. And what I did was I put a report that was connected to that article. So they, let's say you read an article about headlines. And at the bottom of that, I put a headline report. And the headline report then got you to subscribe and stuff. But if it were an article on headlines, it had a headline report. If it were an article on res resistance, it had a resistance report. If it had shampoo, it was a shampoo report. And that was very interesting. 
And it was interesting that I didn't see the obvious at that point in time. Because if you're already interested in something, then what kind of report or what kind of depth would you want to go into that very same something? Hmm. We went from, I mean, um, it's, it's not extremely valuable to me, but our subscriber rate jumped up like 200%, then 300%. On some days, it goes up 800% from what we did, say, last year just based on that little thing. And when I think about it, it's not a little thing. It's an obvious thing. So creating custom call to action downloads pertaining to the subject they've already shown interest in by, by clicking on the article. Exactly. I mean, you went in for pasta. What are you going to eat? Sushi alongside it? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was in a restaurant like that where it just seemed totally schizophrenic recently, you know? You, you go to the worst restaurants. <laughs> That'll be part eight of our series with Sean D'Souza will be nutrition and <laughs> consistent nutrition. Uh, Sean, this was great, really fun, and super insightful, man. Uh, become a fan as I researched your stuff. And like I say, your, your name is spoken in high places, my friend. So um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope we can do it again. Yes, I hope, it, I hope that we can do it too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.